All right, hello everybody, and welcome to yet another spoiler-tastic episode of Non-Sequitur Nerds. I am Tim, and joined, like always, by my buddy Ian. Ian, how you doing tonight? Hey, we're doing pretty good. Uh, it's uh, finally the weekend. Uh, oh, yeah. We have reached the end of a uh, another television stream-a-vision milestone. Yes, we have. Uh, in our lives. Uh, so it's uh, pretty good. Uh, and also joining us tonight, uh, you may remember him uh, from the Mandalorian special. Uh, we have my brother, Keenan. Keenan, how you doing? I'm doing good. Hey, everybody. Howdy I'm back. Keenan. Happy to be back. <laughs> well, Alrighty. happy to have you on here. So tonight, folks, we have a action-packed, fun-filled episode. And by action-packed, we mean you're just going to sit there and listen to us talk about this. Do some backflips, uh, light something on fire, you know, make your own special effects. Exactly. <laughs> John, you juggle something on fire. Right. Uh, wait, do you, do you want them to juggle while they are on fire or juggle a thing that is on fire? I'm, I'm, Why not both? I'm, Everything's I'm easy, on fire. I'm easy to please, you know? Well, we know. We, we've talked yeah. to your wife. Oh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so uh, tonight, ladies and germs, we are going to be covering... WandaVision, the Marvel uh, smash hit uh, that is streaming on Disney Plus, uh, has just wrapped up as of today. It's uh, it's limited re limited series. Uh, so uh, yes, today was uh, at least according to the title in Disney Plus the series finale. So there will not be another uh, season of WandaVision. But I think based on the conversation tonight, probably understand why. Now, that being said, like uh, like we said in our last uh, spoiler episode, the spoilers abound. So if you have not watched the ending of WandaVision, what is wrong with you, for starters? Uh, but two, go watch it. Seriously, go and watch it. Binge the series. It is all up and available on Disney Plus as of right now. Yep. So with that fair warning, we will give you five seconds of awkward silence where you can pause the podcast and then go and binge uh, your uh, binge WandaVision on Disney Plus or borrow a friend's Disney Plus and binge it on their stuff or just find somebody that's got like a Plex server and has managed to somehow download WandaVision. Whatever you have to do, go watch it. We will give you five seconds of silence to pause us and then we will move on to the spoiler-tastic episode. So, ready and... Silence. And we're done. All right, moving oh, five on. Five seconds of silence. <laughs> yes, moving on. All <laughs> right, guys. So, WandaVision. This was a, I believe, nine-episode series. Yep, yep. Uh, from uh, Marvel Entertainment, uh, based on Marvel MCU po events post uh, uh, Avengers Endgame. Uh, follows Wanda as but, but she... But pre-Spider-Man uh, Far From Home. That's important to remember. Yes, pre-Spider-Man Far From Home. Well, again, uh, based upon my understanding of the timeline, I think they said this takes place about three weeks, yeah, two weeks it's, after... It's, it's a matter of weeks after uh, the events of Endgame. Yep. Right, and, and I think... Far From like... Home was like a couple months, if I remember it's, right. Uh, it's like half a year yeah. or something, I believe. Yeah, and if I remember, uh, uh, well, I had a thought, but um, <laughs> so, you know, thinking about it a little bit more, this actually is kind of a good thing for um, the the MCU, because if you remember, Endgame takes place five years, I think, after Infinity War. Yep. So now, um, 
you know, the Avengers ver- or the MCU is about, mm, I don't know, it, it was about, well, really five years, four years ahead of where we were yeah. uh, in the real world. So um, by doing these kind of things, and maybe this is also thanks to the coronavirus global pandemic, yeah. um, you know, we are, we're able to kind of catch up in real life to the MCU timeline. So there's not such a, a large time disparity between the two, between real life and MCU life. Right. Valid point. Valid point. And uh, assuming, you know, uh, a lot of the early movies, you know, I think like Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, Thor all take place within like the same week or at the very least the same month in the MCU. So they could try and condense the movies into a really tight time span. That way they can try and keep it uh, in that part of the future as much as possible so that we can kind of catch up as well. And then that could also make like, I mean, because if you've seen any of the Marvel films, you know they're great about dropping stuff from one into another movie. Having the movies take place so close together could also make more of an impact on those events, you know, in more real time. So you can see what's happening, you know, when movie X is happening, here's what's happening at that same point in movie Y, and how do they influence each other. Right. It's also kind of a clever way of doing the whole, well, why don't this why doesn't this character pop up to help this character well that's right. because that character is busy doing their own thing at the same time so. right All right and then you know there's obviously there's the obvious thing of why doesn't captain america help out in wandavision well because he's old as hell now right so hey this isn't just wandavision spoilers it's avengers spoilers but if you haven't seen endgame at this point I, then I, yeah i'm pretty sure we're out of the statute of spoilers on that one well my my thing is if you haven't watched MCU movies yet since they've been out for over 10 years, yeah. they're just probably not your thing. Like, yeah. there's no point in bothering to catch up. Like, if you haven't decided to join the bandwagon now, you're kind of a decade late. So. Like, I mean, the only thing I could think of is if, if for whatever reason, you know, Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, uh, Doctor Strange, Hulk, you know, Captain Marvel, if none of the, the none of the characters they've made movies about so far are your thing, and you're just holding out for that one of, like, if you're waiting for the Squirrel Girl movie, okay, <laughs> I, I can, there, there's people calling for it. But, like, if your favorite character hasn't shown up yet, I could kind of understand it. But any I, I, any new properties they introduce at this point are going to tie into the larger story. Yeah, it, that's the problem. You yeah. can't, if you're holding out for a character, you're, even the I'm holding I mean, out for kind of, a hero. You could have gotten uh, yes, exactly. away, you could you could have gotten away with it maybe during when there was the Netflix shows with like <laughs> right. Daredevil and uh, Jessica Jones because they were very barely tangentially related to the MCU. So yeah. you could have been like, oh, I'm a Daredevil fan, and you could watch that without necessarily having the interconnection. That's true. But even they're probably going to get. Uh, I've heard a lot of rumors that the Charlie Cox who played Matt Murdock in that series is going to appear as uh, Peter Parker's lawyer in the in, uh, No Way Home. I, I, yeah, which, yeah, by the way, if you haven't heard yet, the new Spider-Man film is No Way Home. Um, which, yes, there I, you I go. Spoiler. Say this, the, the trailer, uh, the reveal of that was <laughs> hilarious, in my opinion. Because what do you mean openly, I spoil things? <laughs> they are openly, it is, it, is not the, it is not the characters, it is the actors yep. talking about the movie and Tom Holland, who is British, is speaking with his normal British accent, speaking with the you know the uh, the lady that plays MJ, and then the the kid the the 
uh, other kid. I can't remember his Zen- name. Zendaya. I don't remember or Zendaya. I don't remember the, the, the other kid's name. Ned. Yeah, anyway. Talking about yeah. how Tom Holland spoils movies and they won't tell him the title of the movie. And then it ha- it's written on a whiteboard as they walk by. But anyway, so very, very fun, tongue-in-cheek humor from Marvel, who I think are very good at that kind of thing. They're, they're really meta. They're very self-aware. But when you make as much freaking money as Marvel property does right now, yeah, you can, I mean, the best thing that Disney did was basically say, Kevin Feige, do whatever the hell you want to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just... Keep keep printing money for us. We're just gonna, the house of mouse is going to sit here. We're going to write you a check every so often, but you know we're getting ten x returns on on what they pay for. So oh, easily, easily, right? Yes. You know, the house of mouse owns probably four of the biggest friend, you know, biggest powerhouse studios in the industry right now. Disney itself, Pixar Animation, Lucasfilm, and. Uh, marvel comics and the marvel cinematic universe everything marvel yeah so i mean they are they have and now of course fox everything fox yep so we will potentially and hopefully actually we won't potentially we will see uh those those properties that the uh the marvel properties that were licensed to fox now come back into the mcu they're already planning a fantastic four movie yeah dear god don't let them butcher Doctor Doom again. Uh, the, um, like no villain in in you know superhero movie history has been shat on as much as Doctor Doom. He is um, su- he is such a. I, I, I'm I'm sorry. Hold 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 on hold on hold on. I'm, I'm gonna let you finish. But oh, what do you got? What do you did got? you see the way they portrayed Lex Luthor in? Like, come on! That wasn't even Lex Luthor. That was that was awkward. Je- Jesse, Jesse Eisenberg I, being Jesse I, Eisenberg. I, <laughs> Yeah, I, right. I hated everything about the Jesse Eisenberg thing. I'm not even going to refer to it as okay, let me re- whatever let me re- that was supposed to be. They haven't been repeatedly shat on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As much as Doctor Doom. I don't know. The Kevin Spacey, uh, Kevin Spacey, Lex Luthor was kind of bad, too. But anyway, well, we are getting... Yeah, we're, we're here to talk well, about WandaVision, guys. Way off. Anyway, so moving back to WandaVision, uh, ten minutes later, we are <laughs> yeah. we're not going to cover the entire season tonight like we did with uh, Mando uh, season two. Um, we hope you enjoyed the special. That was a lot of fun for us to record. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. But that was we all immediately went to sleep afterwards. Yeah. Pretty yeah, much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, final season or final episode of WandaVision, we see uh, the obvious. Uh, you know the episode before we saw the reveal of Agatha Harkness who was you know theorized to be who that was it was uh, Agatha uh, all along right right so uh <laughs> which great, great jingle oh yeah great oh, jingle yeah. um Catherine Hahn does Amazing. a really good job as as this villain and I'm I'm very impressed and very happy with her with her casting in that role Agatha oh, is Agatha is in and of herself in the in the Marvel Comics universe. She's not she's not a bad guy, but she's not a good guy either. Yeah, she, she's she, kind of she has both been you know an enemy to the Scarlet Witch and the Avengers as well as an ally. It's just however she's feeling that day. She's Which mostly is... self-serving. Whatever yeah. serves her interest the yep. best. Right. So you know we get the reveal of Agatha. We get the titular fight between 
Agatha and Scarlet Witch or Wanda. Um, Who is now and, officially and, called the Scarlet Witch. Yes, officially called yep. the Scarlet Witch, thanks to the, I don't know, I'm going to call it the Necronomicon because I can't remember the name of the book. The Darkhold. The Darkhold. The Darkhold. Yeah, sure, that thing. Uh, <laughs> Necronomicon. <laughs> this is my Octo Victo. So, <laughs> you know, fan, uh, you know, casting-wise, uh, I think the series did a spot-on job with the casting. Oh, yeah. Uh, Agatha is great. Obviously, you know, have the return of, we see the return of Paul Bettany and uh, Elizabeth Olsen as their, their title characters. Yep. And, of course, then we see, uh, and I can't remember the actor's name, but we see the Fox, uh, Fox Cinematic Universe, uh, X-Men Universe version of Quicksilver show up as well. Evan Peters. Who's, Evan, yeah, Evan Peters, who is... Not actually Quicksilver, which, but it, it was fun. It was a fun wink and a nod, but which, it doesn't. Mean... I, I have thoughts on that. <laughs> Go ahead. What do, what do you got? What do you got? Uh, so, okay, I thought when when uh, I don't know about you, Tim, but when Ian and I we, we talked after or we watched the episode together and after it ended, when they first showed mm -hmm. uh, the Evan Peters Quicksilver, we were just like, oh my god, this completely changes the Marvel Cinematic Universe and is a hilarious, brilliant way to bring in the Fox properties. We thought that Wanda either uh, subconsciously or purposely, you know, drew a alternate reality version of her brother because uh, she wanted him back, but she couldn't bring him back to life, but she could bring back a Quicksilver and therefore brought over the Fox uh, version of him. And I thought that that was a cool way, and that could be, you know, the, the tearing down maybe of interdimensional barriers would be, a way to bring in the X-Men. You just keep, and, and you could do it in a lot of, you could do it, bring over the characters or the actors that are popular, such mm -hmm. as Evan Peters' portrayal of Quicksilver was popular. Oh, yeah. And then phenomenal. recast the ones that you don't like. So, like, you could, uh, you know, Sophie keep, Turner keep, as uh, Jean Grey. As Jean Grey. See, and I, I liked her in Game of Thrones. I did not like her Jean Grey. But no, like, I mean, going back she to played the... a good, she played yeah. a good, vic you know, a good surviving victim who eventually becomes strong in her own right in Game of Thrones. But she was just so deadpan. And... A lot of the yeah. characters in the the Fox, the newer Fox movies, were yeah, they were just not emotive. You didn't, yeah. they just, they felt very stale. So uh, her in particular, she was pretty. And I mean, I think she was trying to portray the whole, you know, I'm burdened with great powers, so I have to kind of restrain myself thing, uh, which is just not an interesting character type to me really anyway. Yeah. And I mean, I, there's ways that you could do it, but she kind of overdid it. And I think they they, they just they just haven't gotten a good Jean Grey, like, period, in in the X-Men in X -Men I mean, films. I like you know? Famke Jensen. She just yeah. I don't think she had much to she do. Did... She did a decent job, but I feel like they played they played her when she became Phoenix in X Men Three. I feel like she became just this overtly sexualized, like sexual Phoenix, and that's not that's not really like a, the driving force of the of the of the Phoenix Force, <laughs> right? Like yeah, the Phoenix yeah. Force is not this intercosmic horny bird. It's not a <laughs> succubus, <laughs> right? Yeah. So the fact that. I'm sorry, the, the descriptor you gave. <laughs> Intercos <laughs> intercosmic horny bird. So, that, that, that's I mean, gonna be something the, from Futurama. So, that's be like a spoiler, that's there. the next MCU film. <laughs> intercosmic <laughs> horny bird. 
<laughs> but no, go, going back to what you were saying, Keenan. No, I I had the exact same thought because it's it's been confirmed that uh, you know Elizabeth Olsen, Scarlet Witch, is going to be in Doctor Strange Two: Multiverse of Madness. So that was my yeah. thought was this is Wanda opening, you know, the you know these interdimensional portals and whatnot. Um, or at least a hint of that. Yeah, you know, or you know, or kind of well, alluding to that. But I think. Go ahead. I, sorry, I don't, I don't mean to step on you, but I, I think we can hold on to that thought because I, we can cover that here as we get through the episode. I think. Yeah. You know, towards, uh, towards the, the end of the discussion. So, uh, you know, kind of jumping back towards the beginning of the episode, we see Wanda starting to engage with with Agatha, and then we see White Vision. Uh, engaging with Soul Stone Apparition Vision, which, which was a, which the was Hex a fun, Vision. Yeah, the Hex yeah, Vision. Hex, which, Hex Vision. You know, the White Vision was a really good callback to the comics because, uh, if I'm correct, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, his original appearance he was all white, wasn't he? Or at least one of his costumes he was all white like that. I don't know if I it was his original, if it was but original. it was. Yeah, he was white. He was white or gray for a period of At- time. I think if I remember correctly, at one point his memory was wiped or erased in some way, and then that caused him to lose his color. And then for like a period of time, he was basically a he essentially had his memory gone, and he was just a a white amnesiac basically versus himself until he eventually got his memory color restored. See, it looks like uh, doing a quick Google search here. His first appearance as White Vision was in West Coast Avengers number 45, if I'm looking at this right. Okay. So, I mean, it wasn't his his first appearance, it doesn't look like. But no, right. he, he was all white in the comics for a while, which is a nice little, you know, throwback to that. Right. Like, so, I mean, there's... I mean, it was it was good. It was it was It was fun seeing Vision basically fight himself. So this... You know, it's kind of this roboticized, uh, not Sonic the Hedgehog roboticized, but, <laughs> you know, soulless, emotionless vision, you know, controlled by, uh, do you guys remember RoboCop 2 when they reprogrammed RoboCop and he was just like, So, fun, know, funny story about that. I recently watched all the uh, RoboCop films as well as the RoboCop made for TV films in like two oof. days. <laughs> my my wife was like, why are you torturing yourself? Yeah, I mean, the, Robocop one. The, Robocop one was. Yeah. Robocop one was good. Um. Okay then. What was that? Hello? Yeah, I don't know. What was that? I, I don't know. Apparently, something I said triggered my Google Home to think that I was asking about roofers. I was gonna say I heard something about a roof, and I'm like, I don't. No, none of you I, live with I don't a remember woman. saying um, anything about that, but all right, cool. Anyway. You do you do you, Google. I mean they already they already monitor pretty much everything that I say anyway at this point, so I'm sure tomorrow when I log into email I'm gonna get like forty seven emails about, you know, roofing companies and whatnot. So anyway. Uh, you know, hi Ted. I'm I'm naming the guy that listens to all of my Google <laughs> recordings Ted. Uh, so, you know, hi Ted. Anyway, <laughs> Uh, so, going back to to what we were talking about, uh, you know, we one of the things that I thought was really cool as well is and interesting to me is obviously White Vision doesn't have the Soul Stone. He's right. powered by 
kind of the leftover soul stone energy from Wanda. Yeah, the well, um, I guess it'd be powered by chaos magic, uh, the way they explain it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But it, it's interesting to me that he still has, like, the forehead laser. Because I'm kind of curious, like, how they power that. Because obviously in the other stuff, it's powered by the soul stone, because that's where the soul stone is. Or not the soul stone, I'm sorry, the, the mind stone. stone. You know, it's, it's, I imagine uh, that stolen Stark process... tech. I imagine Probably. that in the process of reconstructing his body, they added some kind of, I, I don't know how to put it, like a mechanical heart or something, or they reconstructed it. Right. And it, once you got some kind of initial energy to power it, maybe it just, like an actual living person, it's self-sustaining and kind of creates its own energy. That could be so, neat. Um, so maybe he, he just has some kind of external power now that generate that energy or not external i mean it, it's probably energy. goes back to that that mix of chaos magic and the mind stone you know to to do that but um yeah so i mean we the fight between them was really cool we see them phasing in and out of each other flying Which, around f- fun thing about that scene a while back paul bettany did an interview and he said that there was an actor there's a big cameo in it, and this is after the Evan Peters reveal. He, he said, there's another big cameo in this. It's an actor that I've always wanted to share the screen with, and I think fans are going to love it. So everybody was going, oh, you know, are they bringing in another Marvel character? Are they introducing one of the new ones? Are they recasting a Fox character and putting them in here as a little teaser? You know, like, people are just going out of their minds. It was himself. He got to share the screen with himself. That's, yeah, uh, so I don't know because I, it's an actor he always wanted to share the screen with, and he shared the screen with himself. I don't it was know him if having a laugh or a good tug and cheek. It was Paul Bettany uh, having a laugh, and you know what? Yeah. Good on you, sir. That uh, that was worth it. He actually revealed on Good Morning America today that he did meet himself, and he was intentionally <laughs> trying to troll people. So oh. I think that's funny. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean the. That fight was was really fun. It was also interesting to see the, I'll for lack of a better term, I'll say the Maximov kids, um, you know Billy and Tommy. other twin, Tommy. There we yep. go. Billy and Tommy. Billy and Tommy being able to utilize their their powers. You know, they're kind of magic up powers, obviously, but right. because it's a it's a very much a nod to their powers in the the in the Marvel Comics universe. They were known as Wiccan and I think Speed. Yeah. Yes. Um, in the Marvel Comics universe, where again, Speed was had Pietro's powers, he was very quick, and Wiccan had Wanda's powers, where he he had the ability to to use magic. So, yeah, to me that was a really that was a really nice nod. Oh yeah, right. It was a really nice nod, really nice foreshadowing. And again, because we're a spoiler filled episode, um, Keenan, I think you were telling me about the casting of the potential casting of those characters in a upcoming movie. So I so I've been watching a lot of uh, you know. But like Screen Rant and and uh, a channel called Heavily Spoilers and some other channels, you know, giving their own theories and thoughts. I've been watching it after every episode and getting kind of their input. And they also Same. give some <laughs> some interesting like news as well that I I wouldn't have normally found. And so one of the channels theorized that they are potentially um, going to be building into a Young Avengers because. Um, uh, the actress Haley Steinfeld, who was in the movie True Grit, like the remake that the Coen brothers did mm-hmm. a few years back, uh, she was announced as playing um, Kate uh, Bishop. Hawk, yeah, Kate Bishop for the Hawkeye show. Oh, cool. And she is a member of the Young Avengers and also 
Wiccan and Speed are members of the Young Avengers. Mm -hmm. And um, so that kind of seems that, you know, three out of the, you know, five or six original members being confirmed to exist kind of makes it seem like that they might be building toward that. And then also I saw that, um, I guess, the child actors that play Tommy and Billy uh, posted on their Instagrams that they were both in London. And that is currently uh, where Doctor Strange and the Multiverse uh, of Madness is being filmed. Which... So that seems to kind of suggest that if they're there at the current time, it's being filming and based especially how this episode ends. Yeah. They very say. well <laughs> might appear within that movie and, uh, you know, still as kids, but who knows, they might age up again. I could, I could see that working out really good, actually. So I think that kind of leads into something, leads into something here. You know, in the, in the, the fight between Wanda and, uh, Agatha, she mentions that Wanda, Agatha mentions that Wanda is the Scarlet Witch, who is, quote, more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah. So obviously making direct reference to um, Doctor Strange, who is the Sorcerer Supreme. Mm -hmm. But, um, and this is going to be kind of a callback to one of the uh, two end credit scenes, which again, if, if you're watching this, at the, if you're listening to us at this point, you know, I mean, you should have known that there were end credit scenes. If, if not, then what the hell? Mm -hmm. um, anyway. So that kind of calls back to, to one of the end credit scenes where Wanda hears the voices of her kids. Yep. So I'm I, to me, this seems like good foreshadowing for um, Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness. Oh, where absolutely. I, I feel like, based upon the call to Doctor Strange, the mention of Wanda's, the breadth of Wanda's power, and then these these voices that she's hearing... As well as the fact that she's reading the Necronomicon uh, after, <laughs> I told you I'm going to refer to it as that throughout the rest of this podcast. Uh, reading the Necronomicon after, uh, while she's hearing this leads me to believe that Wanda herself will likely open these portals to the multiverse in her attempt to get her, her kids back. I can see right. that. I can see that. So there could be, you know, like a reality in which they truly did exist and they weren't just a creation, an artificial creation within the hex. Or perhaps um, their their essence, like they are, maybe she truly created original beings that didn't exist in any other, uh, you know, alternate universe. Mm -hmm. But um, once the hex got destroyed, perhaps uh, they live in some kind of spiritual sort of form in throughout the multiverse and so uh maybe that yeah i agree i think it is a setup that her desire to bring her kids into reality and find them and this kind and they're sort of actually it's funny that we we're talking about the phoenix force i feel like the way that they're describing her feels very phoenix force kind of it gives me that vibe that she is this person with some kind of you know that has this ancient power bestowed upon her that she doesn't quite know how to control right. and that she might accidentally, you know, unleash her, the power of the Scarlet Witch and, you know, Doctor Strange will have to come in oh, and yeah. perhaps be well, adversarial toward her. Uh, they might be kind of fighting against each other and then probably will have to team up and fight some greater evil. Nightmare. I mean, going to call it, yeah, it's going to be nightmare. <laughs> they, they kind of, they kind of talk about, or, you know, hint at, um, you know, some of these other eventualities and, and things like that. And, and 
the the Marvel Cinematic Universe has an official universe number in Marvel canon, which is universe uh, 1999999. Yeah. Uh, so, which the the central core Marvel Universe in the comics is known as, uh, you know, uh, Earth 616 is is uh, is the, the central where it, everything started in, yeah. as far as the, the as far the, as Marvel the main, comic the mainline the, story right. in the comics. Right. So Marvel in and of itself has acknowledged that there are other universes and they've acknowledged that the MCU technically does exist within that uh, continuity as 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 Earth 616 because it is it is its own universe, you know, parallel universe. Um, So there is there is still the potentiality of uh, being able to pull that in. Now, as far as I know, they haven't assigned a universe number to the Fox properties because they never they didn't. There was no cinematic universe that Marvel could lay claim to until Disney finished their buyout of Fox. But I, I think that I, I might be wrong, but I think that since the buyout has been finalized, they did assign it a number. I remember vaguely reading that somewhere, but the, if I remember right, it was listed as, as a dead universe, which so I mean, it, it looks like, uh, it looks like, continue. it looks like based upon a quick, uh, Google search the official, well, not official, but the marvel.fandom.com lists that universe as Earth uh, 10,005. Okay. So it does have a it does have a universe, um, but you're you're likely correct. Uh, and also, fun trivia fact for you: uh, 10,005 is a zip code in New York City where the first uh, film took place in that oh. universe. I thought that's a cool little nod. Yeah, that's that's fun. Um, so anyway, there's there's still the possibility, and I think it will lead the fact that Wanda is in the um, Doctor Strange, the next Doctor Strange movie, will likely uh, open up the possibilities for these multiverses, and also then in turn uh, pull over other universes, characters, other continuities. That's probably yeah. You know, we'll probably see the return of Black Widow for that. I think I've seen. Well, I think she may come back in the Loki TV series, it's, based upon trailers. Well, um, it, it, um, from what people have said, because I think I know what scene you're, where it looks like she's sitting on a rock. Yeah, and kind of like yeah. a hazy inside of a inside of the Soul Stone type universe. Uh, apparently, that's been confirmed to be. Um, and the actress's name escapes me, but in the Black Widow film. Uh, the other, the other assassin, the uh, the blonde one. Her name oh, Florence Pugh is the yeah is the actress name, and yeah, then her name. character name is like Becklova or something like that. Yeah, apparently it's been confirmed that that's her. At least that's what Marvel's saying. But you know how Marvel is about misdirection, right? <laughs> Classic misdirection. Well, I mean, you could go back to all the Endgame and Infinity War uh, yeah. speculation that the Gamora and Black Widow, since they were sacrificed to get the Soul Stone, live in Soul World or within the Soul Stone itself. Uh, and I guess since it's, and I guess since it's destroyed in the MCU, the main MCU timeline, then I don't know if that means they're just dead within you know unless they bring an alternate unless they steal a soul stone from an you know an alternate timeline again again <laughs> right but no, but no um it, it it is interesting that uh you know talking about this last episode that you see uh wanda you know she gets her kids effectively taken away from her and in the comics you know something very similar to that happened but in the comics it was revealed that uh 
her kids were actually fragments of Mephisto, who is, you know, for all sakes and purposes, Marvel's devil. Um, so I, I think a lot of fans were... A lot of fans were really hyping up way too much to happen in this show. Like, I, after I watched the episode, I went online, and I'm like, okay, well, now that I can, you know, read spoilers since I've seen it, what are people thinking? And I encountered a lot of people that were, you know, really bashing on this, that, oh, well, they didn't do this, they didn't do that, they didn't bring in the mutants, they didn't do this. And it's like, they, they never said they were going to do any of this stuff. I think a lot of it was, you know, people saw Evan Peters, and, you know, like, you know, Keenan, like you were saying earlier, you, uh, Ian, and I pretty much all had the same thought, is, oh, Fox X-Men are here now. Well, we come to find out in this, you know, well, we found out last episode that not only was this guy not, you know, not even Pietro, he wasn't even Quicksilver, he was Ralph, the guy that Agnes has mentioned this whole time. Yeah, well, <laughs> Ralph just... Boner. <laughs> Boner. I, I chuckled at that line. But it, um, I, think, I, I think, random dude. I, right, I think, I, I think I, everybody I, with our, our mentality probably chuckled at that line. I, I get that. It, Ralph. I, I, under, I, I agree as well that uh, the show, like most other Marvel things, um, is only a small piece of a larger story. And which, so which it does a good job. That right. That's always been the MCU's MO. And yes. it works really well. It's a good way of being able to tell stories that are self-contained but also help set up teasers and also, you know, show that it is a shared universe that, you know, affects and impacts of other things impact this one particular story. And so I I think the show did a good job of setting up things and it did give answers to a lot of things. A lot of things that were mentioned and brought up were either not fully addressed or fully answered. And I think that frustrates people, but they just got to realize that the payoff is going to come just in something later because, Marvel's thing. Yeah, I mean, I it's... will say that the the Evan Peters thing though kind of upset me just because yeah. it, it it basically was sort of a uh, 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 gotcha. It, it just it don't, don't yeah don't uh don't show an actor who prominently played a you know a character that could be brought in to this you know to show this potentiality of the the X Men coming in. And then basically turn it into a dick joke. While yeah. funny, it was it was a little bit of a of a trolly move. Well, in my I mean, I mean, there's the, there's multiple things that could. <laughs> sorry, the, the, I mean there there's still a possibility, right? Because just like in the comics, when Wanda's kids are taken away, she famously utters the phrase "No more mutants," and then that leads into House of M, where most of the world's mutants are depowered or no longer mutants. Um, which, you know, then leads them to, to figuring out how to bring back, you know, bring back mutants. And still a lot of people are, are even though they were former mutants, they still don't have their powers back. Jubilee is one of those famous ones. She was a, a admittedly a kind of a, you know, write-off character. Ooh, you can make fireworks, what do you do? She was kind of a write-off character, but, uh, you know, she was depowered, um, but still wind up u- working as a superhero using, some, using technology. Um, uh, and then... Even after the the events of House of M, when you know probably I think half of the mutants came back, she was still depowered, but still continues to work as a superhero. So my point being is that there's still a possibility with the multi- multiverse of madness that we could see those characters wind up in 
um, the MCU through basically a melding and meshing of, uh, you know, these, these different universes, not quite secret wars, um, level where, you know, Dr. Doom, I think he steals the Odin force and then creates like a, an amalgamated universe uh, that, that, that he, that he is that what it was called? Something like that, yeah. where basically he is the supreme ruler of this universe. Yeah. Um, which I mentioned Secret Wars. I believe the next Avengers movie has been titled uh, Avengers Secret Wars. Um, so I'm down. I'm down. I know that there was a show announced called Secret Invasion. Announced, maybe it was but Secret, maybe it was Secret but, Invasion, but but Secret isn't the Secret Invasion storyline about like a scroll invasion, which would yes. be interesting. Yes, because the scroll because nice. the scrolls take over. <laughs> The scrolls are slowly taking over superheroes. Yep. Right, um, but 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 I'm the scrolls are nice in the MCU though. No, so that's I'm going to call it now. The scrolls, apart from shape shifting, the scrolls' only power is telling you exactly what you want to hear to gain your trust, so they can infiltrate your society. They did it in the comics. I'm calling it now. The whole thing about scrolls being good, Marvel would not change something that central to so many of their stories. Just to have a cool alien sidekick in Captain Marvel. I'm calling it now. The scrolls are still evil. Well, I, sound, I don't know. I sound like Jake Jonah Jameson. I'm going to tell you now, listeners. Right. I, I don't. I, I don't think know because I mean, they I'm completely not to it. would be. I, I. They re. I mean, they basically rewrote how. Uh, Captain Marvel got her powers because it. She was powered by the. Um, uh, the crystal thing, the I believe, right? The Shi'ar crystal? Was yeah, that the Shi'ar, what it was? she was powered by the Shi'ar crystal, oh, yeah. which is a Kree artifact, I believe, in in um, the, the comic books. Yeah. Whereas yeah, I don't remember the... mainstream Kree being, like, bad. In they, the weren't, see, I, they weren't necessarily I, I bad. I thought she was a blood transfusion they... from the original Captain Marvel, who was a Kree. I mean, they, granted, I think granted it... she may have... There's so many different I origins that... of characters. I think that was the Ultimates universe of her. Oh, I think okay. she had a. I think she had a blood transfusion. But in the so in the six one six universe, I believe she's powered by the Shi'ar crystal, which is a Kree artifact um, that she received her powers from. In the MCU, she receives her power from the Space Stone. Yep. Was it's that kind of it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Yeah. It was like a light speed engine that they were creating using the Tesseract. Mm -hmm. yep. Right. Right. Um, so she. So she's powered by one of the the infinity stones which is how she goes is able to go toe to toe with thanos until she gets punched in the face right um uh but you know we're seeing all of these characters are kind of coming out of nowhere that are being powered by by infinity stones uh, i mean at, at this point i'm almost uh, i'm waiting for nova to show up and being powered by the i don't know the the, the ether or something like that who knows um Although the the Xandar had the power stone, so you yeah, know. it's entirely possible they could have used it. Which Very I possible. Mean, which Nova was, I think, originally they were going to have Nova be in one of the prior MCU movies instead of the Nova Core, like we got in Guardians. But for whatever reason, it, it was nixed at the last minute because they wanted to do something else with him. Yeah, possibly, but I mean, we're still waiting for the. Re I mean, we're still waiting for the reveal of Adam Warlock and, we've, and all we've this. Been but we're since Guardians one, but anyway. <laughs> right. Well, we're again. We're we have again entered a non sequitur all the way out into beyond left field and somewhere off into the parking lot. We're not even so, in the same state at this point. Pretty much. So, kind of bringing it back to the to Wandavision, uh, you know, we're really seeing 
the what I thought was, and this is how we know that that Agatha is going to come back at some point because she's not killed. Yeah, she is placed into a position that Wanda can access her whenever she wants, and really nobody knows that she's there. Like I, I I'm trying to remember the episode in my head. I don't think Monica Rambo was in the area at the time, or if she was, she, she does, isn't shown to have acknowledged it. No, she is in the area. That's right. But it's just not shown that she acknowledges that, um, you know, that Wanda places, you know, basically memory locks, uh, Agatha into thinking that she is Agnes. Um, so, you know, which Wanda has access to this centuries old witch at any time that she wants. Speaking of that scene where she memory locks her, did you guys get the impression that while she's locked into the, the casting role of nosy neighbor, she's still very much aware of what Wanda did just in the way she said her lines. Yeah, there was a look in her eyes that to me showed like pain slash anger despite yeah. her and her smile felt forced. So I think, and I think most of the people within uh, the WandaVision show, uh, you kind of got hints of that, such as well, when the the, the wife, yeah, like when the wife of the her Stop husband it. is uh, Mister Hart is choking. It. Yeah, yeah. She she her face said one thing, but her eyes said another thing. So I think there is she's at least powerful enough or or something to be able to somewhat emote her real personality which the, the the line that got me on that was i'll see you around agnes not if i see you first hon oh, right like, yeah oh it was like she 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 wants to she wants another piece of that right uh yeah so i mean there was that was was really cool and uh, and you know that 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 character is going to going to make an appearance again at some point which is good well, because see, again i thought on that um like you had mentioned she wasn't killed correct me if i'm wrong but the, the only other like main movie villain that wasn't killed was baron zemo who is coming back in their next show falcon and winter soldier that comes out in a couple weeks that's the only other one right i mean technically uh abomination is still alive and he's on the raft yeah uh justin hammer is still alive and also probably on the raft i mean it's, and... it's, it's justin hammer i mean yeah, I mean, he's not, like, a threat, but technically he was a villain. That's and then funny. also, very technically, uh, which I really want him to come back in some form, because I super love the character, and I would like him to be played up even more sinisterly, would be Red Skull. Yeah, which, I mean, we know he's still out there somewhere. And I mean, well, he's free of having to guard the Soul Stone, so... Yeah. He can yeah, but we don't, know, we don't know what his... We don't know what his corporal state is though like he seems to be almost like a specter that is bound to like maybe now that the soul stone doesn't exist maybe he doesn't exist anymore i don't know i i did uh read in a thing because i was looking up the red skull the other day just randomly and i read that the actor who did the voice of red skull in infinity war it was his name is ross marquan because they didn't get hugo weaving obviously to come back um which is he was apparently Yes, I've okay. I also read in that same thing. This is very tangential as well, but you know, <laughs> perfect. You're not sequiturs. So real quickly, Hugo Weaving apparently would like to come back as the Red Skull, but apparently the contract negotiations with Disney just like annoyed him, and he said that if they could just iron a couple things out, he would very gladly come back because he 
and he doesn't necessarily enjoy big franchises, but he enjoyed being the Red Skull. So there is a possibility that if they just work something out, he would very happily return as Red Skull. I mean, then to be fair, I, Disney worked out something with Robin Williams eight years after Aladdin yeah, the, to get him to come Aladdin. back. At, to get him to come and, back. And, and Robin Williams had much more of a reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true. But he and they had he had much more of a reason to be pissed off than Hugo Weaving does apparently. Um, but anyway, the so the actor that did the voice of uh, Red Skull in uh, in Hugo Weaving's place in Infinity War apparently the Russo brothers told him that once the Soul Stone was taken away that he was free and that he could do what he wanted and apparently they told him that you know maybe he might pop up in something. So I don't know if that was the Russo brothers potentially wanting to bring Red Skull back since they did direct, um, I believe uh, they did civil war and they might have done winter soldier as well so anyway they have history with the captain america right that's obviously where red skull appeared so i don't know if they were potentially thinking of that or if that was just something from kevin feige but i will say that at least based off of that the red skull is not dead he's not gone just because the soul stone is gone and that he is a free active agent to do whatever things he wants to do i I I mean that that's fair um you know, I, I like I like that that Kevin Feige and Marvel are keeping their options open um, for these characters. You're also keen in forgetting about one of the characters that w- that received the absolute most injustice, um, Ugh, which, was, me. <laughs> which was which was which was the Mandarin played by yeah, the... uh, <laughs> by Ben Kingsley. Yeah, the, yeah, the Trevor Slatterly really is well, the I character. Mean, we're getting the real Mandarin though in Shang Chi. Right, so that's kind of why I ignored that, because he's just an actor, and he's probably not even on the raft. He's probably just in a regular, like, max security prison. Well, I, th- I think la- Sent- last, we're getting... you, last you saw him, he was in the uh, the same prison as... Uh, uh, oh, he is Scor- in the same one as Scor- Justin Hammer. He, and the and uh, Scor- uh, Scorpion from uh, Spider-Man, isn't he? Scorpion? Uh... Uh, Vulture? Well, Vulture. Well... He didn't actually become Scorpion, but he's got the big Scorpion. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah I know yep. what you're talking about, the character. But he didn't the, really at, become at, the Scorpion, but the same character. Yeah, but at the end of that little one-shot, you see him being interviewed by what he thinks is a TV reporter, only to find out he's an actual agent of the Mandarin, and says something along the lines of, the Mandarin would like to speak to you. Right. Yeah, I forgot about that one-shot. But yeah, well, and you also good. mentioned that real Mandarin is coming into Shang-Chi. Yeah. I would have liked it if he appeared in actual Iron Man, but, yeah, you know, we're, we're I guess... We're not going to get a fight with Mandarin and Iron Man now. No. Yeah. Which, which or, or... Is... I mean, not in the traditional sense, but, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. has said he'd be willing to come back um, if they wanted to do some kind of weird time travel tomfoolery. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll multiverse of madness him back somehow. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, so anyway, kind of... I will just say that uh, to go back to your point of bringing up Agatha, though, to bring it back, is that I do think it's nice that they kept a, a character that is fairly interesting and we still know very little about her, really. Right. So getting to know her more is nice and it and it's nice to keep that option open because I Marvel has a bad tendency of either having underwhelming villains or having villains that are cool, but then they die. Yeah, so. But yeah, yeah. It, it is nice that they're, they're keeping they're keeping her in the uh, you know in their, in their back pocket just in case. It is nice. 
Right. So, I mean, along with along with Agatha, obviously the other thing was that we had White Vision versus Soulstone Vision, and Soulstone Vision basically stops White Vision with a, a very they they get into very... a philosophy. Uh, philosophy. Wow, philosopher. <laughs> no, they get into a philosophy discussion, which is is very on point for Vision, like. Like, like, at first, it was really cool seeing Vision fight Vision. But to have the battle ended over a philosophical question, I thought was so on point for that character. That was yes. a great especially the way, Especially the way they've, they've done it. So, I mean, you, we, see, we see Soulstone Vision unlock the memories of White Vision, Who which... Was, I, is made from his actual body. Right, and so his, and he even says your your memories aren't gone; they're just hidden away from you. And then allow me to open them up for you. So he does, and he gets his memories back. But I, I guess one of the things that kind of sticks in my craw, though, is the fact that like White Vision gets all of his memories back, and then immediately pisses off into nowhere while the love of his life is currently in a battle for her life. Which which makes me wonder, like he had to have a good reason to leave. And I just want to point out the fact that Vision brought himself back to life, effectively. I thought that was a yes. really nice touch. But yeah. no, like, you bring up a valid point. He had to have a really good reason to leave, which makes me wonder, what, what did he go do? Here are my thoughts on that, too. So I didn't even think about him having a good reason, but I think that actually they'll probably work into that. They'll, they'll probably say that he had a reason. I, uh, from just a simple, like, storytelling point, I think they just didn't want they wanted to have the moment where Wanda accepts that the vision is dead. Right. So, because I mean, the whole show is obviously, at least to me is pretty symbolic of just the process of grief Oh, very much and so. very Wanda much. trying to accept that. So she needed to have a moment to accept the death of vision and see him die in a way, at least the soul stone version. Yeah. Cause, cause and her, so her, her version, version of vision never mentioned that, Oh, by the way, my body's back and floating around somewhere. Yeah, he is. So, as far as she knows, Vision is dead. She needs to have that that moment of of self healing. Yeah. So, yeah, but, closure. So, but getting Vision to do that and like come back and be like, "Oh, hey, I'm alive." It it takes away that. Yeah. To me, and so I think they just wrote him as needing to go away in order to keep that, and then also you could say that perhaps that um, even though his memories are back, they're not really, I mean, he died and maybe he just needed time to process that and be his own person. Right. And so he just wanted to maybe fly away and kind of work things out. Well, the fact that he, I, he I agree that it feels die in the traditional sense, but he did, he did cease. Yeah. And I think it, it does bring in the question why he wouldn't go to help Wanda, you would assume, but also you could think of it as that maybe he was reborn and that yes, these are his memories, but he didn't live through them, so he did maybe doesn't even have as much of an emotional attachment to one because he didn't point. live through them. He they're just he the recollections of things. That's yeah, this is in very a sense. true. This is very true. But uh, you know, you I want to kind of circle back to a point that you made about Wanda accepting the death of Vision, and maybe that is maybe that is actually the end of her acceptance. But they kind of almost reversed that point with the second end credit scene yeah. where Wanda is hearing her children while reading the, the Necronomicon and basically what they imply is that she's trying to find a way to bring them back. So 
I kind of wonder how truly accepting is she of these kind of things? Like maybe she's, maybe she's accepting of the fact that she, she did a bad thing by enslaving, you know, Westview, which uh, I will say this, you know, uh, nice little fun little Easter egg for the three of us, because we all went to a high school known as Westview. Yep. Um, Yeah. So, so that was a fun little nod to us. I think Keenan, you and I, when we watched the first episode together, we're like, Hey, cool. Um, Anyway. So, (laughs) you know, I don't know how much she's, I don't know where that line of acceptance ends. And I feel like they, I don't know, something about that mentality with the way they truly ended this show with, with Wanda's really not acceptance of reality. I think it's it's a mixed bag. Maybe she has a imperfect acceptance. I mean, it just, I think it would be a little too nice and tidy if she just fully was like, oh, okay, I accept all this. She's, she's went through a lot of trauma, and so yeah, I think it's now, difficult for her to fully accept it. And also, you could read it as that her reading the Darkhold was her just trying to learn about the Scarlet Witch and her powers. And while reading it, she then suddenly heard the voices of her kids, and that triggers a moment of, oh, shit, maybe they do exist. Maybe I can save them. Maybe I can bring it. And so that maybe pulls away her ability to accept because she has this thought that maybe there is a true way to bring them back. See, now, now that, that's how I took the last scene is that, you know, she was, you know, showing off her, well, her new astral projection powers, which is the best way to describe it. But anytime, like in Doctor Strange, we saw astral projection, their body just kind of sat there. She was moving around the cabin while astral projecting, which I want to point out is something that Doctor Strange cannot do. But no, that, that's how right. I, that's how I took that last scene is that she was she was reading the Starkhold, trying to learn, and then like when she hears her kid's voice, to me the look on her face was, no, that can't be them. What 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 is this? Like she looks shocked. Like, or I'm gonna go get them. She looks shocked and like yeah. mad or like ready to go. So yeah, that, that's how I took that last scene is that she wasn't hey, looking her? for the kids. The kids found her but you know again knowing some of the mythos behind like doctor strange and the magic realm and marvel comics was that really the voices of her kids right they could have been a trick it could be yep. you know nightmare mephisto some other modok you know extra dimensional deity <laughs> um, um Sh- shumagorath who knows uh somebody uh <laughs> oh, i forgot about shumagorath <laughs> Um, Shea Goreth? Well, what, uh, are, 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 are we going to see the appearance of the Wabajack? The Wabajack. <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a huge fan of the Marvel vs. Capcom game, so oh, that, yeah, that's how say, I know Shuma Gorath. I know him less from the comics. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the characters I like playing as. Yeah, he was fun. Yep. <laughs> but no, yeah, that, that, that's how I took the last uh, the, that last scene, but the mid credit scene I, th- I thought was kind of cool because you see Agent Wu, which, before I forget, one of the biggest unanswered questions we didn't get. Who was Agent Wu's missing person? Right. And it's like at this that point was the whole it almost reason was... he showed up and they just they just Maybe that was, it was Ralph Boner. It was Ralph, Ralph. Maybe that was He Ralph was Boner. looking for a boner. Yeah, Ralph Boner. <laughs> boner. Yeah. But no, the, he uh, was when he was hanging out with uh, Darcy. Hey-o. Hey! Well, I mean yeah. it's it's Cat Dennings. I, I don't yeah. blame him. We don't. It, we the audience knows if they know what Cat Dennings looks like. They she, know she is a very, very <laughs> talented and, and and quite lovely woman. Yes, with but huge the, tracks of land and, and 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 honestly, famously, you know, 
underrepresented in uh, underrepresented and undercast because I think she does have she does have she's very talented and she plays characters well. She she's kind of like the I don't know more loud spoken version of Zoe Deschanel. Like Zoe Deschanel always kind of plays the awkward, yeah, you know, it's awkward, quirky, awkward quirky type. Yeah. Um, Kat Dennings kind of always plays the awkward quirky intelligent type, right? So yeah, yeah, but um, but no, the but... Uh, the, the mid credit scene you see you know Wu and the FBI are cleaning stuff up, and an agent comes up to Monica Rambeau and says. Hey, they want to see you in the theater. They, you know, they've got questions or whatnot. So she leads her in there, and there's no one in the theater. The agent steps forwards and, and gasped is a scroll and says, "You know, an old friend of your mom's wants to speak to you." Well, where are they? And she just she points up, alluding to the space station that we last saw Nick Fury on. You know, in obviously in space, full of scrolls. Right, right. Which is probably to serve as a setup for whenever Captain Marvel two. Yep, exactly. Because she is, because you know, speaking of seeing the kids' uh, manifesting powers, I was going to mention this when it was brought up earlier. It was also cool to see her powers manifest, such as how she, you know, phased, um, have bullets kind of phase through her, and she slowed them down and uh, did a couple other things. So well, she's it, clearly like when she, when she transforming like, until her in, in, uh, photon character. Yeah, or like when, uh, when she was, you know, dealing with being stuck in that room with Ralph, who we still see. We know that he's not Pietro, but still has his, his super speed. You know, she uses, like, her photon vision or whatever to see the energy coming off that necklace he's got, and you see it emanating right. that purple magic that Agatha uses. She rips it off, and he immediately reverts back to, to Ralph Boner. Hit Boner. So, I mean, I mean he, doesn't, he doesn't ever really say his name, though, other than making the Boner joke, but, yeah. I mean... So even that could be a magicked up faux identity or or something. It's just like you you see a picture of him, and it says his name beneath of it, and she's like, you know that that's where that line is coming from. Your name's Ralph Boner, right? Which was weird. It was like a headshot almost. So yeah. So is is he an actor? But I mean, you see, once she rips that that necklace off of him, you see a complete personality change. Yeah. Although I, I very timid. Yeah, you know, it's like you don't don't hurt me, I beg you. But yeah, yeah, I mean, again, if he's if he's acting or you know trying to to play, it's, it's Trevor Slatery again. He's just an actor. No. God damn it! So um, they, they actually, on us, didn't they? Uh, a, a fun uh, fan fan theory that I read was that the headshot was actually part of a um, packet for his new identity, and that he's the uh, witness protection person see, that see, we I, was looking I, for. I was wondering if that was the case because like they they never address him like when they're doing when they did that scene or the episode earlier on where they're discovering who all these people in west you actually are you know they, they didn't address him part i mean partially because they didn't want to spoil that hey evan peters is going to be in this show but i'm wondering yeah i was kind of thinking the same thing is is he the missing person the only thing I would say that would discredit it is that Jimmy Woo was also watching the episode in which he appeared, and you would think oh, that, that he might he have said something, yeah, or, or done something to show recognition. So whoever the, so either the 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 person that he was looking after is either a, a red herring that or a MacGuffin that really doesn't matter at all, or that's something to be. <laughs> revealed later right. and it, and that's just one of the many unanswered things in the show that would be cool to get addressed but um it, it wasn't so that's hopefully gonna come 
sometime. I, I'm not sure in what property it would come up in, but because right. I mean, I know like like I mean, ultimately for you know the grand scope of this show, it doesn't matter. But it's one of those things that like it, it irks me. Like I know they 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 probably wanted the reason you know to have that character back, and I, I like the fact that after you first see him in, in Ant Man. He's picked up card tricks. He's picked up, you know, escape art yeah. kind of things. I, I, I think that's a nice nod to the growth of that character of Agent Wu. But, um, I mean, ultimately, it, it's Marvel. Any little thing they drop is to get their fans talking. And they've done a phenomenal job of it for over 10 years now. So the fact that, they, you know, he was brought there to find a missing person in this town, but then they don't actually answer that, that's a very... That could have been a throwaway line, but it seems almost too intentionally placed yeah. for me. The level of detail in any MCU thing to me, like all the background references and stuff yeah, that they everything do. Everything means something. It, so I, I wouldn't put them against them. Speaking of another throwaway detail that didn't get payoff that yeah. could be huge is the uh, Monica's friend that designed her rover vehicle thing to Dude, go into the hex. Because we if you see. You guys saw, like, once they announced that. The internet was blowing. It, it exploded. Like it oh was. My God, it was Richards or Blue Marvel. Yeah. Um, which would have been a, and, another and, great tie-in. And then uh, I think one that was interesting that I saw was that um, that the army person she talked to was the actual engineer, but it was a scroll. See, I, I had read that one as well. To me, that makes the most sense, especially you know. Given, given the mid credit scene, yeah. Yeah, and given Monica's background of who she is, you know. That would have made the most sense. Just like some of the, the, I don't remember the exact wording, but there was a line, you know, she had mentioned something about her mom. Yeah, that, the, yeah, the, the, the army person was like, I respected your mom, or she, she had some kind of connection. Yeah. So. I think that might be what the case is, or even if that person herself wasn't a scroll, it still could have been designed by scrolls. Obviously, they're a spacefaring race; they would know how to construct advanced rovers. Exactly. Yep. Um, but it, it it would be cool. It would be interesting if it was Reed Richards. I think another way they could have tied into Reed Richards was like way back in the the throwback episode with um, when Monica, you know, first comes back to Sword. They mentioned that some people are still uh mia because they blipped while they were out in space yeah. and perhaps that space one of the space teams would be the you know reed and uh susan and Grant, the whole yeah, the whole could, shebang so that could be kind of a cool thing because i mean so that could be a rework of their origin kind of it would sort of be um you know maybe them blipping back you know, in space or whatever. And, and, and it's where whatever would... ship or space station they were in was at at the time. But now they're floating yeah. in space. They get hit by cosmic rays, not, you know, being protected by any kind of enclosure. Boom. You got yourself a, a group of four fantastic people. The fantastic yeah, that, that could be how they do it. <laughs> um, so, and plus, I mean, that movie's already confirmed to be, you know, in the works. So yeah. I think that could be a potential. I, I thought that could have been a little potential Easter egg that I think would work. That could well, be a nice payoff down the road, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's um, still there, there's definitely a lot of possibility there, and I, I think ultimately, WandaVision, I felt like did a great job of bridging the the gap between, um, you know, the end of Endgame, mm -hmm. 
And, you know, the next phase of the MCU, which I believe is phase four, isn't it? Um, I guess. Uh, of the yeah. MCU. So we, we get a... We, I can't remember. We, it's either that or five. I can't yeah. know. Yeah, but I mean, we got we got some answers to some questions. We we kind of understand, you know, how these different agencies are working. You know, sword is a thing which really wasn't mentioned all that much in the previous in the the previous MCU. Right. Um, and we get well. It Monica. sounds like it started pretty close to when Infinity War ended. Right. Yeah. Like I'm assuming. And it's been mostly operating in the five years we didn't see is kind of the vibe I got. So, right. but no. yeah, still we didn't get that much info on. Right, but remember, Monica was part of Sword, and her mother was the director of it. So the 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 understanding is at least it was around enough between. Yeah, no, it, it, it would have been around a little bit before, at least before. Yeah, yeah Infinity it, War well, it would have had to have been before Infinity War because with with her mother. You know, passing away. Well, she passed away during the blip, so she was probably still... oh during that time period. Yeah, and and it's mentioned that Monica. You know, well, obviously Monica was in the hospital with her mom, which would have True. been before the blip, and it, the blip, the snap, whatever you want to call it at this point. Which means that her mother would have had to have been in she in a sword even before that, as would Monica has. So it would have had to have been before Infinity War. Yeah, right. or I guess either way, we could just. I mean, they're obviously not as old of an organization as as, as Shield yeah. would have been. I mean, they would have been started at the earliest in like the mid to late nineties, because um, right. that's when Captain Marvel started. So we, perhaps we could just uh, agree that they haven't been really addressed, and maybe the reason is that they just weren't as relevant or big of an organization until Shield collapsed. Yeah, yeah, fair so. point, fair point. Right. Um, but I, I will say, like, as... like, talking about the blip, I, I do think that WandaVision did a better job of showing the effect of people coming back from that. Because, like, we, we saw kind of a, a snippet of it in, uh, well, I mean, obviously in, in uh, Endgame, we see all those people coming back for that the big final battle. But in Far From Home, you know, they show, like, in the, the, t the school news thing, you see that yeah. bone player pop up in the middle of a basketball game, and you're like, oh, ha-ha, funny. But then you see, you know, the scene in WandaVision where it, the hospital just erupts into chaos from, you know, patients are just appearing in the halls. You know, people that were visiting, staff are just reappearing, and it's it's just chaos. Nobody knows what's going on, which brought up a, an interesting fan question I, I, I had seen. What about people that were snapped on airplanes? So yeah, Keenan and, and I talked talk about, about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do they? Just, yeah, we, do they appear? I mean, what was was Hulk snap that I want everybody back safe, or just I so want everybody back? I, apparently, the Russos and Kevin Feige said that specifically he wished for people to return as they were from five years ago, but safely. So if you were in a plane or in space or something, I guess he, Ian and I thought they would just be teleported to whatever is the nearest safe landmass that they could stand. Which would make sense, I mean, because otherwise, you're just going to be walking around like, oh my god, you know, all these people are reappearing, and then people start falling out of the sky. Which right. Which would be yeah. horrible. Almost, it's, basically a, it's basically fuel for a robot chicken sketch. I, mean, um, I made a joke that someone should have, uh, someone would be on, like, a public bathroom, 
like on a toilet and then someone <laughs> just spawns on them in like mid shit. That's what I kind <laughs> of. Of course, of course, you know, I'm wondering about all these four people falling out of the sky and you're like, what if somebody poops on me? <laughs> well, I mean, like, that would be safe. They're not in yeah, danger, so they would come back there. Yeah, man, you know, another, another horrible situation, you know, your husband or wife, you know, they disappeared mm. five years ago in the blip. You know, you've finally gotten over their loss. You've remarried. You're laying in your bed one night. You know, I'm going to keep it somewhat PG, sleeping for work the next morning. And your <laughs> presumed gone husband or wife just pops up in between you and your new partner. Well, this is right. awkward. Uh, well, I mean, we're all here, uh, you know. Right. So I, I kind of want to jump back to something because a quick Google search in the MCU. Apparently, S.W.O.R.D. has been around since 1995 in the MCU. Which is, is okay. after All right. Captain Marvel? Like a, like immediately after Captain yeah. Marvel. Which would right. So S.W.O.R.D. Yeah, Sword was founded by Maria Rambo uh, after 1995 under the U.S. government. Um, in 2010, apparently there is a deleted scene in Thor where Jane Foster popu uh, postulates the Foster theory that bridges uh, are actually just wormholes um, in different dimensions. And from there, S.W.O.R.D. granted uh, Eric's, uh, Eric Selvig access to their, their databases so they can cross-reference uh, astrophysics uh, reports with S.H.I.E.L.D. And then from there, then the, the la that's the last time they're really mentioned in the MCU until... Um, uh, 2000 and 2020, uh, you know, when um, 2020 being the, the year of uh, Infinity War uh, esque, uh, Infinity War slash um, the Endgame, mm -hmm. uh, where Rambo, uh, Maria Rambo succumbed to cancer and, and Tyler Hayward takes over. Um, and that's really kind of the last, the, the last final mentions of, of S.W.O.R.D. Uh, as they were before. Gotcha. So. Uh, so apparently in the MCU they've been around for a while they just haven't been used as a vehicle for anything for a long time. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. Um also to kind of go back to something that you were getting to as well and kind of as a question uh to both of you. So I mean we've talked about a lot of the the many different references and things that are being set up within WandaVision and how you know like any other MCU property we're we're fine with that we expect that and enjoy that. But as a self-contained story. What do you guys think? Uh, did you enjoy WandaVision as its own limited series? Basically like a long movie. Did you think that own individual story without all the Easter eggs and references to other things, just as itself, did you enjoy it? As the Scarlet Witch movie? Absolutely. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I felt like it, I felt like it did it itself and its universe justice. It was a good fun uh take on things um obviously it kind of 180 and went really dark after like four episodes but i mean that was really half of its run so right sure why not um but no i i thought it i thought it went well i thought it it felt good um i wasn't i wasn't underwhelmed um i wasn't really overwhelmed i was just whelmed <laughs> nice uh <laughs> nice uh, teen titans reference there ian yeah i, I for me it <laughs> for me it um yeah i would agree i wouldn't say it was my favorite mcu property but i think it was uh very it was it's like mid to upper mid tier among the different things i i think it was a very 
interesting take. Uh, it, it took from a lot of different stories, you know, like House of M. Uh, it, it borrowed a lot of different elements of that. It borrowed elements from a like limited series Wanda Vision comic book that I didn't know about. Apparently, you know, like West Coast ones. It and it took two characters that I think are cool, but were very criminally underused in the the movies thus far, and made them much more interesting to me. Like they're the romance felt a little quick and vaguely forced in the movies, but this show helped make that much more real and validated to me mm-hmm. and um, gave these characters and the actors. I, I like Paul Bettany a lot and oh, yeah. Elizabeth Olsen. I've grown to like a lot. So it gave them a lot more screen time and ability to show off their acting. So that was cool. And I think just as a, uh, as a show too, I think it was clever and fun that it was, marvel's first tv show and it was a tv show like it was a tv show within a tv show it was very meta and self-referential to television itself and i thought that was kind of cool that they went with their first tv show being a tv show and uh and, and it was a cool exploration of grief as well so i thought that that was neat so yeah as a whole i really liked how it redeemed characters that weren't super interesting or didn't get enough due and then uh, had all these other references that I think built up its theme and story. I think w- one thing that you mentioned about you know being a standalone property, quote unquote, at this point, I I I do tend to disagree with that. I we are ten plus years into the MCU, and again, if you haven't seen any of the movies, you're either eight years old or have been living under a rock or in Amish country. Uh, for the last the last <laughs> x number of years um, you're on the edge you don't kind of count um, anyway <laughs> so at this point marvel is not making standalone anything they're they have built this connected universe over the last 10 years and umpteen dozen films and you can't approach this approach anything that marvel does in the mcu at this point as a standalone film you're just not going to understand half of it you're not going to know the backstory like maybe the ant-man stuff i guess okay but there's there's still kind of tie-ins to other things yeah. um now, now I but have, you, you, I, uh, you can't come in good i was gonna say you, you, it's good i shouldn't say you can't it's gonna be very difficult for you to come in and and start trying to, to watch really anything that was made within the last, I don't know, three, four years in the MCU. Because there's just so much that it was built off of. I agree, I agree. Right. I agree to a point now, like, you know, my wife, she enjoys the Marvel films. I have seen every single one of them. She has not. She has watched WandaVision with me every single week and has absolutely enjoyed it. Then we spend like an hour talking about it. She... I mean, she has a, a passing familiarity with the MCU and still enjoyed it. So, I mean, I, th- I think that while everything is interconnected, I think that if, if somebody sat down and, you know, they had not watched a single MCU film and watched WandaVision, you know, a couple episodes in, they will get, you know, the gist of, okay, well, these two were heroes. This guy's supposed to be dead. You know, she can shoot energy or something. And then by the end of it, they're like, okay, well, she's some kind of witch. You know, he's a dead robot who's not a dead robot. 
I, I think that somebody with, with no knowledge could still sit down and enjoy this show for what it is and maybe use it as a gateway to, okay, well, now I, I want to know more about, okay, well, why did this guy die? Okay, well, it was in this film. Okay, well, that's a sequel to this film. Oh, well, this film is built off of stuff from this. And while that may be a little overwhelming to somebody that may not have watched these properties, I do think that WandaVision is, is a good starting point, maybe for people that are, are new to the MCU. I, I kind of liken it to to a, a, uh, a reboot. You know, I mean, Marvel and DC both are, they've done countless reboots. You know, they've restarted their continuity to make it easier for people that maybe haven't read in a while or have never read a comic to get back into them. And I, I think WandaVision is, is a, would be a good starting point for anybody that hasn't gotten into these films or maybe, you know, they watched, you know, the, the first Iron Man, first Thor, and haven't really watched anything since then. It might be a good, you know, jump off point for them. Really? I, I thought, agree I thought with... DC restarted their universe as an excuse to keep killing more Robins. Well, I mean, nah. you can never <laughs> kill too many Jason Todds. Yeah. I I agree with both of you, by the way, though, in your in your stance. I do think that there was enough background information given in a not-so-exposition-heavy um, kind of way that someone with limited or passing knowledge can watch the show and get it. And I also think that it does clearly have its own story that you can enjoy that isn't overly connected to other things. Like it's obviously self-contained enough that you can still appreciate it as its own thing. But I also agree with Ian in the essence too, that the real core of that story too, and a lot of the things in it that would just greatly enrich your understanding and make it have, that full impact that you would really, really want to get it. And the fact that it is going to be obviously a part of just a larger narrative anyway, that you, you don't need to have seen the other stuff, but man, you are missing out on a butt ton of things and emotional impact. If you don't like you, I mean, it's just, it, to me, it would be, weird and it just it almost to the point of that it's almost pointless to me if you hadn't seen the other stuff but i do think you could still enjoy it it just there's it's like i don't know it, it would be like if you were eating mcdonald's your whole life and that's what you thought a cheeseburger would be like and then you <laughs> ate a cheeseburger from like anywhere and you'd be like oh my god this is what a cheeseburger is like literally anywhere else it's like oh my god this is good this is what it is so it's like yeah you enjoyed it but if you if you get the whole you know wider scope of it it's really going to impact the effect it has on you yeah i would agree with that that sentiment i i, I think i think it, the mcu at this point is probably on a 70 30 70 30 ratio where the content is really geared they they make they fill the content enough so that it's it's towards seventy percent of the people that have been following the MCU for you know a, a long amount of time or at least have seen everything up to that point and you know there's enough there's enough content that can keep newbies entertained you know that thirty percent entertained if they go in and, and watch it fresh. I think it's actually made seventy twenty nine and one and the one percent are for people who are so hardcore MCU fans and comic fans <laughs> that it's made for those people that will notice every tiny minutia and reference and things <laughs> that could possibly under the sun. 
Right. Yeah, I I would concur on that. Um, So, I mean, all in all, I think if I can summarize our general opinion of of WandaVision, solid show. I would probably give it myself an 8, 8.5 out of 10. Um, Yeah, I'm feeling about that. Not the best thing, certainly. Uh, it's it's no Firefly, but it's uh, it's definitely a solid show. Shut up, I'm still bitter. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a good show. It was enjoyable. I really thought it 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 opened. It serves as a gateway into the MCU, and it also serves as a gateway into the next phase of the MCU. And they do have some unanswered questions. Obviously they have some unanswered questions. That's, that's the whole point. You, you, you're, you're setting us up for more. You're teasing us. You, you make us want to come back. It's Marvel a J.J. Abrams mystery box that will actually be satisfied in the end. See, no, I, right. I, I, I do agree with, with you know, the, the solid 8 out of 10. My only complaint about the show. I feel like it should have been maybe one or two episodes longer because the last episode, while it did kind of wrap everything up, it wasn't in the most tidy wrapping paper, uh, if I must say. It seems like a lot of the things, a lot of the plot points were were rushed. I feel like they could have gotten a bit more dedicated screen time to these things. I'm not disappointed in the ending. I just feel that if maybe the show was even one episode longer it could have flushed out stuff a little bit more, but I'm not disappointed. Right. So, I mean, yeah, it, it, right. It, it kind of, it kind of Evangelion, the ending, um, sans the <laughs> creep, sans the creepy hospital scenes. Um, uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go and look it up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will actually give the additional complaint that it kind of follows literally every superhero, um, trope in narrative structure of that it starts off with like cool like sort of mystery and character building and really you know focusing on that and you know increasing stuff but then always somehow ends with a giant cgi like big you know punchy rock up sock of robots sort of fight and like yes you no, do no, that, want was, that. that was real steel star- starring a uh, huge actor <laughs> yeah huge it, it, man huge huge jackman um but it like i wanted i want fight scenes and stuff and i'm not saying that all cgi like giant boss battle kind of things are bad such as the end game one is still fantastic and i know ian just like randomly plays that sometimes just because it's enjoyable but sometimes the big cgi fight at the end isn't enjoyable and i would say that the the one in wandavision to me, was mostly satisfying, but it still kind of was just like, oh, yay, we get the obligatory CGI fight at the end. Well, I mean, um, it's, it's worked for over 10 years now. Yeah. It's I don't know. Yeah, don't I feel like... like it, it was throwing more throughout, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't... Yeah, there was obviously CGI, but it still felt a little bit more practical than normal CGI. I mean, at least it was better than a completely animated uh, green super suit. Uh, um, yes. everything about that movie was wrong wrong i wonder if it was was produced by ua bull um 
as a non sequitur to that, I know how much you're a fan of that. And I went and saw that with one of my friends in theaters and he, that's like his absolute favorite character. Like he has tons of t-shirts. He has like figures, comic books. Like that is by far his number one. And I remember sitting next to him and occasionally looking at him during the movie and watching the soul, like his very life force (laughs) ebb out of him. And like, that was more enjoyable than the movie, which is really sad. Like, you know, they, they announced the movie and I'm like, yeah, yeah, Green, you know, Green Lantern movie. Ryan Reynolds is in it. Ryan Reynolds is in it. This is going to be the best thing ever. And then the opening credits happened. And it was all downhill from there. Damn it. I, I think it was downhill from the moment that you paid for your ticket. Uh, yeah. The popcorn was stale. The soda was flat. My seat had gum on it. Oh, this couldn't get me worse. Roll. As a fun fact, that same thing happened to me when I watched uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. (laughs) That Uh, happened to me. I saw that in theaters with my dad, and I think dad was looking at me and watching my life force drain out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, anyway, I I think we've. do a whole episode of just me yelling about the Green Lantern film. I'm not do going that. to do it's that. It's a podcast idea. I, I've, I actually I hung out with Tim around Christmas time, and we mentioned Green Lantern, and he for an hour, he sat in his living room screaming. I don't know how he managed to breathe, because I never heard him take a breath. It was just a continuous wail. Sheer it was like of willpower. Something that I didn't have. <laughs> it, was like, it was like somebody had stepped on a banshee's crotch for, for an hour. And anyway, I'm kidding. But, um, so, yeah... I, I think that that probably is going to do it for us on time uh, this time around. But, you know, all in all, wrapping up, WandaVision, great show, nine episodes. You should go binge it if you haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it at this point, then we basically just ruined the show for you. So I don't know what the hell your problem is. Um, <laughs> but, you know. They came to hear me complain about Green Lantern. Apparently. Yes. It, it took it, – it, it was a long buildup. So I – Long division horrible delivery, just like Green Lantern. Hey oh. And your love life. Um Ooh. So you know, Wanda yeah. Tim's crying right now, so <laughs> ignore him. Uh WandaVision, great show. Yes. Eight, eight point solid eight, eight and a half out of ten. Uh you know, really excited to see what's next in the MCU and you know, looking forward to to what Kevin Feige and Disney and, and Marvel have in store for us. Oh, so. yeah. Right. And, you know, and you don't have to wait that long. We got, you know, uh, a weekend next weekend. We're, you know, in a dead zone. But then after that, we got uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier coming out, which, which I, I am I'm I'm pumped for. You know, this show was really good. I'm really excited to see what like a new genre, a new kind of cast and whatnot, how this is going to play out. Which I will say, I was not excited about Falcon and Winter Soldier, but after having watched WandaVision, I want to watch Falcon and Winter Soldier now. Yep, I would agree. Yeah, so it was, it was WandaVision was an ex was a good show, very solid, and a very solid uh, um, reassurance, and that the Disney Plus shows are going to be good and uh, a good you know build up of what's to come. Absolutely, absolutely. Yep. All right, folks. Well, I think that's going to do it for us on time uh, for today's episode. We thank you for joining us. We are uh, not at all sponsored by Disney. We really wish we were or Marvel or Lucasfilm or any of the other properties except for Green Lantern. 
Um, we don't care if they want to. It, they don't have any money left over to sponsor us anyway. It's all they going towards all the Snyder Cut. <laughs> it, it's it's all going towards yeah. uh, restitution against the the people that actually paid to watch that movie. Yeah. Um, that said, so uh, thank you for your time. I want to extend a thank you to my brother Keenan for joining us again for yet another spoiler-filled special. Uh, no so problem. I always enjoy it. Uh, thank you know, invite me whenever you want. Uh, I always have fun uh, sharing my own thoughts with you guys and my own non sequiturs. Hey, yes, exactly. And uh, you know, uh, again, uh, Keenan's got his own YouTube channel, video essays. Uh, his stuff's really fun. Uh, Back to the Future, Mass Effect. Uh, I think the one that you just released is about Ghost, and yes, how that I movie, just saw the movie is Ghost, absolutely, so. absolutely terrifying uh, and traumatizing. Uh, so you know, check him out on YouTube. Uh, check us out on YouTube, Spotify, uh, Apple, Apple Podcasts, whatever the hell they they call their podcasting. I don't know. I was, was going to say, like, we're still waiting on Apple. If if you're listening, we're still waiting. Can they don't? Can they we don't get some care. approval, please. They probably have to uh, make you buy some kind of proprietary adapter before you can get on their thing. <laughs> right. The, the official <laughs> microphone you... for your phone with a microphone in it. Correct. Have you? Have you? Have you, at this point in time, owned every single Apple device that has released in the last 10 years? No? Well, then you're not approved. All right, <laughs> moving on. Anyway, We're so... We're Apple. We love you. Host us. Please. Uh, so, yes, thank you. Check us out on all those different channels. Uh, Anchor.fm is our hosted, uh, our main hosting site. Uh, check us also out on uh, nonsequiturnerds.com, uh, where you can find links to all of our information there. Uh website updated uh, weekly we drop new episodes uh on mondays uh so no come check us out we appreciate the listens we're not in this for the money folks but we wouldn't mind getting paid <laughs> ain't that the truth support content creators do it thank you keenan <laughs> uh, your, your five dollars is in the mail by the way Woohoo! ian you, you mailed that five dollars right um good night everybody <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, so for non-sequitur nerds, we're signing off for tonight. Uh, I'm Ian. I'm Tim. And that's key. And having the a... background. <laughs> <laughs> and night, we everyone. wish you all a great night. Bye, everybody. <laughs>